Welcome to The More You Know, The Better It Tastes, where we explore the backstory to some of the best restaurants and chefs in South Texas. And now, here's your hosts from San Antonio Restaurants, Alan Williams and Susie Lafredo. Welcome to the San Antonio Restaurant Podcast. The more you know, the better it tastes. We're so excited to have Andrew Weissman as our very first podcast guest. That's incredible, isn't it? Susie, I am so excited to have Chef Weissman here. We're just, it's great. Thank you so much. Uh, You don't know what it means to us to have our inaugural, to have somebody as influential as you. To, well, you roll your eyes. I do because I barely have influence over my own children. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? I was thinking about this. You wrote a nice review for Panfila, and it makes the newspaper. That's pretty influential. Wow. I, that's great. <laughs> you know, they're great people, and I'm happy that they're with all their success. It's great to see. They are great people. Yeah. They're they're also one of our gold uh, restaurants. Uh, yeah, both Charlie that. and Gabby are yeah. just wonderful people. It's close to my house, so I go quite a bit. Awesome. That's <laughs> yeah, I was blown away. I mean, I, you put out a post saying, hey guys, you know what? I decided I'm gonna make some meatballs and tomorrow, first come, first serve, meatballs, they were sold out in 20 minutes. Yeah, yeah that was, uh, that <laughs> I was, was a little like, wow. The, the thing is, that, that is another side of that coin. My staff wants to wring my neck. <laughs> I'm sure. <Yeah. laughs> but that's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. Yeah. But this is our very first podcast. And first, I did want to thank my good friend, Dr. Ronnie Sanders, for creating that cool music at the beginning. Really appreciate that for him, him doing that for us. He's been my friend for a long time. And uh, I thank him for... the creating that music for us, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, what we just want to do during this podcast, Susie, we just want to be able to to get to know some of the best chefs around San Antonio and just have a conversation. And so uh, anyway, we're glad you're here today, chef, so that we can just chit chat and get to know you a little bit. And, uh, you know, one thing I, I think everyone knows, and you've probably been asked this a million times, you've had so many very successful restaurants, and then just, it almost seems like on a whim, ah, I'm going to close it and do something else now. What's up with that? Oh, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> I do get that. I get that asked a lot. I'm sure. Um, you know, restaurants are like anything else. They kind of run their course, at least for me, they do. And um, I'd rather go out when they're still vibrant than, you know, kind of like that uh, athlete that somebody has to pull off the stage with a hook. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just, and also, um, impatient in a lot of ways. And I, my favorite thing to do in the restaurant industry is to conceptualize an idea, mm-hmm. bring it to fruition. And then if I could, I would walk away. Like if I could find that job, yeah. that would be the job that I want. Yeah, yeah. that's cool. Yeah, that is. That seems like fun too, because you create something in your mind. You say, let's see if I can really do this. Right. Yeah. And, um, Every restaurant has its own story. You know, it's like a play. Um, and um, once I tell that story, I feel like, okay, I'm, I'm done with that. I'm well, and you, you have this um, ability and this art to bring it to, uh, to, bring it to success, you know, um, you know, through the things that you, you do and the things that you know how to do. I mean, you have created some very successful um know restaurants and mr juicy of course being one of them and i asked this we were chatting earlier one of my big questions was you know because of course having the kind of palette that you do have to create these restaurants and make such successful restaurants what made you choose burgers what was what was there's a lot of a lot of facets to that 
Susie, um, you know, a hamburger can make someone as happy as a piece of foie gras. So um, I get joy in cooking. Okay. And, and that said, You know about the delicious food at Smashing Crab, but did you know they have a huge commissary conveniently located off of De Zavala and IH10? Attention small restaurant owners, food truck operators, and catering companies. The Smashing Crab Commissary is a superb alternative to purchase your groceries and paper goods for less. Plus, in their huge 3,500 square foot commercial kitchen, they provide food prep assistance, mass production of your recipes, or you can do it yourself, and rent kitchen space at an hourly rate. The Smash and Crab Commissary is here to help your food business succeed. Smash and Crab, they ain't forking around. Call 210-800-8499. That's 210-800-8499. One of the, one of the biggest changes that I've seen happen to me over the years is with my family. Uh, my children are growing up. And I came to the realization that that window of opportunity to be with my family is very small. And restaurants like La Rev or Il Sonio, Sandbar, Minis, all those kind of restaurants require a lot of time and patience, as does Mr. Juicy. QSR is a little bit different. Expectations aren't as high. When you go in somewhere and you're going to spend a couple hundred dollars for dinner, expectations are a little bit different. Um, so I would feel that I always felt that I had to be there to touch every single plate. There was a ne- there was never a plate in the ten there were, in the ten years that Larev was open. There was never a plate I didn't touch. Wow. Um, so I you know I never had to look over my shoulder at the end of the day wondering man did my staff do what I did they execute at the level that I would have wanted. So that was a big part of it. Have, if I were to do that, I you know I would never see my family. So I just came to the conclusion that um, I still wanted to make people happy um, and create good food. Um, and I was, uh, I had a place called Moshe's Golden Falafel. Yeah. And we were doing great things with that. But selling fresh food like that at 9 and $10 a plate, um, heaping plates of it, <laughs> it just didn't make financial sense. And my family and I were uh, in Colombia at the time. And we went to a little hamburger place. They were selling American style hamburgers. Uh, we had seen a line out the door and I ate there and I just kind of thought to myself, man, these guys are doing it right. They're having a good time serving food that people are enjoying and they're queuing up for it. And I literally woke up in the middle of the night that night after eating there and said to myself, I'm going to, I'm going to take Moshe's and convert that concept into a burger place. And that was the genesis of it. But the, the, the germ of all that is wanting to spend more time with my family. And I thought QSR would provide that. Uh, at the end of the day, it's taken a little bit more time than I had hoped, but you know, it is what it is. Sure. Well, it's so funny whenever we're there, or I, I know whenever I'm there, I always, you know, I'm always watching and, and, you know, I, I see you mentoring some of the kids, you know, um, even if it's just with the French fries and, and, you know, because, you know, coming out perfect from behind the, you know, and, and I always think to myself, I wonder if they know that that is Chef Andrew Weissman that's mentoring them right now. <laughs> you know, they, they, I don't think they know and I don't think they really uh, care. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny, it's uh, oh, the, the, the people that are at the window uh, giving the food out, somebody will say, hey, it's uh, Chef Weissman in there. And um, they'll always, a couple of people say, hey, you know that he used to own like 
the best restaurants <laughs> and uh, they have no clue. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, nor should they, you know, it's, it's kind of fun in cool. that respect. Yeah. It's pretty cool though. Yeah. You know, if you think about it, I mean, they're going to move on and whatever it is that they do, but to have had that, you know, that mentoring, whether they know it's going to, because I'm sure that the way that you teach them there, that's something that's going to, you know, become a part of who they are. So Absolutely. well, I try to hold them to a high standard, you know, yeah. and a lot of times they don't realize why they're like, you know, we're, we're selling burgers and fries here. And, uh, you know, I try to impress upon them and I'm not really good at communicating it probably, but, um, I try to impress upon them how important it is to do, to get better every day, be sure. better today than we were yesterday. Yeah, that's so, awesome. So Very being cool. with your with your family, uh, I, I know that Maureen, your wife, works the front counter a lot. Yeah, she does. There. Does she like doing that? Um, yeah, it's a love-hate relationship. As long as she can <laughs> be out of there to go get the kids from school. Uh-huh. Uh, I, it's almost like those invisible workouts. Um, that I try to work out at night after my kids go to sleep so I don't take any time away from them. And that's how she feels about working at Mr. Juicy. Um, she tries to work while they're in school. Mm. And then cut out of there to go pick them up. So oh. they don't ever see her um, at work, which um, is all, it's a nice thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's, it's kind of unusual husband and wife working together in a, in a restaurant. Was she really involved with your other restaurants as well? Or so just... it's funny. My wife is Costa Rican. And when she moved here and we met, she had never even really dined out. Um, hmm. That's a huge treat in Costa Rica for uh, her, the, uh, the type of folks that she came from, her family just never had the discretionary income to go out and eat. Uh, so I'll never forget as we got to know one another, um, and she was in turn needing to make money or go back to Costa Rica. She came to work with me at La Rev. And most people that went to La Rev will remember that she became the, uh, they call her, called her the cheese girl. She would present the cheeses at the end of the meal. But when she first started, she would just water the table. She'd go around with a pitcher and she was so scared. She'd be like literally shaking. <laughs> uh, so her background is not in food. Uh, now she thinks she knows more about food and restaurants than I do, but uh, <laughs> right. we learned to deal with that. Uh, but no, it's the transformation is pretty amazing. Yeah. That's pretty cool. And now you have three kids, right? Are I they, do. Yeah. 10, 14, 15. Something. They're all about to click up a year, but those are their exact ages. Yeah. 10, yeah. 14 and 15. Okay, good. And do you, do you see them getting into the restaurant business? I mean, uh, they probably will for a little bit while you're while they're you we, know in their teens. We, uh, but do you want that? Um, probably not. I want them to do whatever makes them happy. If it if it's restaurants, that's great. Um, right now, all three of them are like, no way, we're not getting into that. <laughs> but, uh, we we force them to come and work and see what it's like to really put in a oh good a day's work. Mm -hmm. um, usually within fifteen minutes, they're at a table sitting and having a burger and fries, but. Uh, they get a kick out of it because their teachers are like, Hey, is that your mom and dad that own XYZ yeah, restaurant? Yeah. And so they like that. They don't admit it, but they'll come and say, Papa just, just happened three days ago. The coach of the football team came up to me and said, is your dad the one that owns Mr. Juicy? So they get a kick. They yeah, get a little yeah. kick out of that. Sure. Yeah, Absolutely. Cool. Have a, a celebrity. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, I know that you didn't, I, I read some of your history. I read a lot of your history. I did a lot of research on you and I already knew some, but I mean, you're just an interesting guy. Um, you know, you, you, you talked a little bit ago about how you like to have everything perfect at a restaurant and you're, you're very, it's intentional for you to be 
a little higher level uh, of everything that you do. But I mean, I was I was reading you had a uh, you have a bachelor's degree in in radio and television. That's correct. Yeah. yeah. So you wanted to be a news guy. I thought I wanted to be a news guy until I found out how actually bad I was in front of a camera. Oh, no. <laughs> um, but I that's what I graduated with. And Bob Rivard, who you may or may not mm-hmm. know, he was the editor of the Express. Right, mm-hmm. right. Sure. I knew him and I still know him. Um, and I went with to him for advice and see if I could get a little bit of help. I've always loved Mexico. And I asked him if he knew if he had any connections in Mexico after I graduated college. Did you speak Spanish? Uh, it's kind of spotty Spanish okay. at the time. Mm-hmm. But my idea was to go down there and uh, create stories that were relevant to Texas. Mm. And he hooked me up with someone down there who in turn hooked me up with the NBC News affiliate mm-hmm. who had a bureau down there. And I went and knocked on their door and they said, yeah, you can come and hang out. They didn't know what to make of me. <laughs> and so I would go out on shoots with their people. And... Um, Eventually, I paid for time with their cameraman, and I sold a couple of stories back to border towns uh, in Texas. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I did really feel uncomfortable in front of a camera. And then what happened was uh, they had a kitchen or kitchenette in the office bureau down there. And George Lewis, who was a very, very famous, well-known foreign correspondent for NBC News, came down to shoot a story about the president of Mexico. And... I cooked for them that night. I went to the market and got items and cooked for everyone. And after the meal, um, he pulled me aside and said, man, this is amazing. My camera crew and I both agree that this is some of the best food we've ever had. And we travel the world. And he said, look, man, I'm on my number. I'm on my third marriage. And (laughs) uh, he said, what I do is not as glamorous as it looks from the outside. He said, this is something maybe you should consider. And I don't know if it's because maybe he saw one of my tapes that I had done or <laughs> I felt sorry for me. No, no. Or was really speaking the truth. So uh, wow. nonetheless, I kind of thought about it and I said, you know what? I think I'm going to give this a go. What a cool story. Yeah, yeah. So what what was it that led you to food? I, 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 mean, I mean, I know that you cooked that meal for them, but, you know, I mean, that takes some... I don't know, uh, guts maybe, Do you know, to say, you know what, let me go out to the market and pick up this item. This yeah, item. you know, it's you something know. that always, uh, I went, I received, when I, I did study radio, TV, film, but when I went to college, I originally thought that I was going to be an artist and I was given a small little scholarship for art at University of New Mexico in Albuquerque. Mm-hmm. And uh, I get the same kind of feeling producing food or creating food, a dish, as yeah. I used to do drawing. Love that. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's so related. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I've always, I've always said, that's why I'm kind of a fanboy for, for chefs because you are an artist. It, 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 you, you create art that people eat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's really cool. Yeah, that, yeah. It's of the moment, you know? Yeah. And it's everything from your senses to your, I mean, from your taste to your, your sight to how, you know, all the of smell, it. Yeah. All, yeah. It's so cool. Yeah. Mm hmm. So uh, so you left there and you went up to New York to to the uh, uh, CIA at Hyde Park. I did. I forgot. There's something about the different CIA. One is more pastry driven. One is. Is that correct or am I wrong? So when I went to the Culinary Institute of American Hyde Park, it was the only campus. That's like the mothership. Then they opened up Greystone, which was more um, 
they offered, I think it was more pastry driven or is more pastry driven. That may have changed. Uh, they also offered a lot of continuing ed classes, things like that mm -hmm. out in the wine country. Uh, and then the third location was here in San Antonio. Yeah. Uh, but still to this day, that's the, the Hyde Park location is the one with the uh, beautiful campus right there on the river and mm -hmm. um, just a wonderful, wonderful uh, campus and experience. Yeah, very neat. Yeah, and, and I, I I guess it's obvious, but I think having a CIA come to San Antonio is what created the food scene in San Antonio now because I was with somebody not too long ago talking about the food scene in San Antonio. They said, well, you know, we still are mostly chains. I said, no, we're not. There are some fantastic restaurants out there. I mean, I think we have some world-class restaurants in San Antonio and getting better all the time. And I think the reason we have so many good chefs is they go come to the CIA and then they stay. Yeah, I think that's part of it. I think you know, what's different and unique about San Antonio, uh, it's very similar in Dallas also. Unlike Austin and Houston, a lot of our chefs and restaurant owners are homegrown here. You go to Austin and Houston, and there's a lot of transplants. Yeah, mm. It's starting to change with all the influx of people we have from all over. Mm -hmm. But it's always been kind of a really cool yeah, thing about true. San Antonio. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty, yeah, that pretty is good. true. I mean, we t you talk to a, a certain string of chefs and find out they all went to high school together or yeah. they all knew each other yeah. growing up. No, or, yeah. yeah, very cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's interesting. Mm -hmm. Well, when you're not cooking, you're working out. Alex. Well, not so much anymore. I'm getting kind of lazy. I was on my work last <laughs> night. I'm a, I've always been a big runner. I used to do a lot of uh, road cycling also. Um, it's things that it allowed me to kind of get rid of the stress level. Mm-hmm. Um, and I still run. Um, I don't bike as much as I like anymore. And that's for two reasons. One, it, it's a big time commitment. If you want to go ride a 50 mile bike ride, it's a time commitment. And um, also some of the drivers in San Antonio are less than yeah. desirable. <laughs> yeah, when you're that's on a true. Bike. Yeah. Well, I think it's probably not just San Antonio anymore. I think it's everywhere. And I, I have a road bike, but I, I, I'm really hesitant to ride too much because people are looking at their phones too much. Yeah. They're not they're not oh, looking. Yeah. Yeah. They think, well, I can, you know, uh, I, I look up every once in a while. Yeah, but you're not going to see that bicyclist there. And that's scary. It is very scary. Yeah. Well, yeah, I read in one of one of the articles in my research that it, it almost sounded like just nonchalant. Oh, sometimes on Sunday I ride to Austin and back. You know, like like that's how sometimes I'll stand there and eat chips for a half hour. <laughs> Why do <laughs> that? But no, we used to ride to Austin and uh, on our bikes and uh, jump in at Barton Springs. Oh, cool off yeah that's oh, a great idea unbelievable and then we go drink some beers and have a lunch because you'd be famished mm -hmm. so that was a that, that was a tremendous experience we did that three or four times yeah wow that's interesting and then i uh saw that you along with the exercise you do a lot of yoga do you still do yoga i try to do yoga you know it's one of those things where if you you'll never regret doing yoga at the end of the day you'll mm -hmm. never be like man i wish i wouldn't uh, practice yoga now it's more of a necessity as I get older. I feel like I'm just stiffening up. Yeah, the stretching. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. so I do more of that. But I love all the tenets of yoga. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't get to do it like somebody who really practices yoga. Mm -hmm. I try to do 15, 20 minutes a day. Um, and it helps. Yeah. 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 Well, it's, it was just interesting to me. I mean, yes, you, you have a, a runner's body and you're in good shape and everything, but you, at first glance, you don't come across as a real outdoors person, but you are. You're, you're, well, you I really love <laughs> exercising and, and yeah. hunting. And I mean, you're just outdoors kind of guy, right? I love being outside. Yeah. It's a big part of my life. And I try to impress that upon my children. 
Um, but yeah, that's, that's a big part of it. Mm-hmm. Well, very cool. Uh, I know that for a little while you spent time, you lived actually in Costa Rica, right? Where your, where your wife is from. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was privileged to take a vacation to Costa Rica earlier this year. And I think I reached out to you and asked you for some recommendations yeah, on yeah. places to go, which was really cool. Do you see yourself in the future? Maybe you're in retirement moving down there. Is that? It'll be somewhere. It, we would At first, we thought no matter what, we're going to move to Costa Rica mm-hmm. when we're empty nesters, at least for half, you know six months out of the year. Um, but what we've realized, Costa Rica has just been inundated with uh, people from the U.S. and Europe. Yeah. And it's created a, a little bit, not so much in the South, but... Um, it really has changed the dynamics of Costa Rica. Uh, some not for the better. Like my mother-in-law lives there. She can barely afford to go to the grocery store. Things have gotten so yeah. ridiculously expensive. Mm-hmm. It's way more expensive than anywhere in the U.S. Wow. And people are under the impression, well, Central Mexico and yeah, Central America are cheap. Right. Mexico is very cheap. And Costa Rica's part, uh, uh, you know, the other countries in Central America that border Costa Rica are very cheap. Costa Rica, because of its safety factor and the fact that people are moving down there by the throngs, uh, prices have just skyrocketed. Yeah. And so it's difficult. So mm-hmm. I don't know if it'll be there. It'll be in a Spanish-speaking country somewhere. Oh, okay. We just love the lifestyle. Yeah. We spent a lot of time in Mexico. We lived there as well for a summer with our children. Um, Mexico City is a fabulous, fabulous. Talk about food. And, and design, their aesthetic is unbelievable. Mm. So we love just to go down there and eat. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's that's on my on my list. I've only well, we, been there to the airport <laughs> yeah. to change planes, but uh, yeah, I'd to, love to go there. We need to go as a big group. Maybe you guys Wouldn't do it. Yeah, let's do that. Oh restaurants. Okay, yeah, San Antonio yeah, restaurants to, to Mexico sure. City. Yeah, yeah I've, I've heard it. some great yeah. food down there. That's <laughs> awesome. Well, let's talk about some of the some of the things coming up. I know that uh, you bought the the home that you're going to turn into a wine bar. Is that yeah. Right? So uh, as it they started work on it about a week and a half ago, two weeks ago, I'm going to kind of let the space speak to me as I start to see it kind of beautified. Uh, right now, my intention is on the first floor. It's broken up into rooms. Uh, all have fireplaces. Not that fireplaces are essential in San Antonio, but um, it's just got a really great feel in there. And my thought right now is to do maybe like one small room with a really high end back bar, another with a bunch of wines and create a situation where people can get fresh oysters and anchovies on uh-huh. toasted bread and, uh, a lot of fresh, uh, seafood possibly. I don't want to, um, change the house itself. So that said, I really am not going to put in a full-blown kitchen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I want something where I can do serve cold items. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that there's a lot of potential to do a cold item menu. And we are definitely going to curate a huge cheese program. Yeah. Cheese oh, and olives wonderful. And- yeah. I want to do not only, I don't only want to curate cheeses from Europe, which they'll be there. They'll have a huge presence, but throughout the U.S., uh, maybe, you know, 60 to 80 cheeses. I had a really robust cheese program at LaRev. That was before cheese, you know, in the U.S. was what it is now. Um, But I want to take it to the next level and just do some really cool wheel cheeses, not Mm pre-cut cheeses. And if we can, age them ourselves. Wow. Wow, that would be... That'd be really cool. That would be really cool. 
And then you met, mentioned the fresh sardines. I don't think anybody in San Antonio has anything like that, do they? Not that's, that I know of. That's very new. Yeah, so it'd be cool, you know, toasted bread with really great butters and sauces and, and things of that nature that could be paired with sardines and anchovies and things like that. Yeah. Wow. Do you have a name yet for the restaurant? The working name right now, so the house is known as the Hughes House. It's named after the family that live there. H-U-G-H Hughes? H-U-G-H-E-S, yeah. Oh, yes, okay. And so I'm gonna, I'm thinking to call it the Hughes. Oh, I love it. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. Uh, it's neat because across the street, Graham Weston purchased the Kaler House, which if you know anything about the- Yeah, the, the Pearl house, Brewery. Yeah, the Pearl Brewery, exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're gonna do, their plans are to do a small boutique hotel there. Oh, wow. So it'll be, it'll be positioned. So that'll be little. perfect, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. That's something that's, you know, you know, you have all of these, uh, I mean, you've some amazing, which I don't know, some you may want to talk about, some you don't, you know, as far as your projects that you have going on. But that was one of the things that caught my attention when you walk into Mr. Juicy, you know, you know, you're going to get, a, you know, an amazing burger, you're going to get amazing food. But I love that you can also grab a beer, you have like, you know, I thought it was so cool. Mm-hmm. It was so neat. Yeah, fast food that has beer. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. I was like, how cool which is, is that? Or a glass of Europe, wine? Is, is there, yeah. So yeah. we want to offer uh, full service, whatever we yeah. do to so people can have a full uh, experience, you yeah. know. Um, we'd like to expand that. At some point, you know, it's also labor pool issues, but I'd like to do breakfast. That's oh, yeah. my biggest push is to do breakfast at Mr. Juicy with excellent coffee mm, awesome. and grab-and-go type breakfast items. I think it'd be really neat. I do too. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, I think that'd be a hit. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Are there any, I know you have lots of stuff going on in your head, but are there any other restaurants that you uh, can talk about that, you know, are actually going to happen? Yeah. So um, I'll talk about one. Um, Downtown, I have a building under contract, Mm -hmm. so nothing's done and dusted, as they say, until um, I sign and and, uh, on that line on the contract, but it is under contract. It's a really cool building right by the Havana. Yes, where Ocho is, yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I'm looking at, if I get that, um, I will do something there. I don't know yet what I'm going to do. I'd like to develop it, I've something completely out of my wheelhouse. I'd like to develop it into a small boutique hotel at some point. But um, until I do that, it'll have a food component to pay the bills, the taxes on it, and mm-hmm. things of that nature. Sure. Yeah. Wow, that sounds exciting. I know. <laughs> and you heard it here first. That's, That's right. right. <laughs> I haven't told anybody about it because uh, my attorney said, don't tell anybody about this because it can be stolen out from other people. Oh, no. <laughs> but, uh, no, but I'm hoping that uh, yeah. things go as planned. Yeah. Sure. Well, no one's listening will. here. No, no one's, one's, no one's going to listen. Yeah. <laughs> my mom will be listening. Yeah. 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 Excellent. Good. So, uh, with you know, we are San Antonio Restaurants, which is primarily a Facebook group, but we, we've expanded into other, we have Instagram, we have, uh, uh, TikTok, TikTok. Yeah. I couldn't think of that name, (laughs) but we do have 106,000 members now on on Facebook. So a lot of people are, and then we've grown the other, um, aspects to at least about 18,000 new faces. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen your growth pattern. It's amazing. It's really exciting. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. It's exciting for us too. Mm -hmm. I'll tell you what a big part of, uh, posting stuff on social media is you mention anything on on san antonio restaurants and man you can expect for the folks to show up yes yeah yeah you know i I, i'm pretty proud a a lot of the reporters and and then more uh mainstream food 
critics, they, they say they get a lot of their ideas or all of their ideas, even from San Antonio restaurants, oh, from sure. our members talking about new places coming or yeah. places as they went. So mm -hmm. we've found some, found some really great places. Yeah. And so a couple of months ago, we created uh, an app that uh, right now it's a web app. You go to, to the uh, sa-restaurants.com and you can purchase this membership into our gold club. And then it's a thing on your phone where you can go to these great local restaurants and get discounts, get something free, possibly get a little perk for, for going to local restaurants, because that's what we're all about is local restaurants. We love local restaurants. And so Mr. Juicy is one of our gold restaurants, mm -hmm. one of our gold approved restaurants, yeah. of course. Yes. And I think on, does he have a, a wheel, Susie? Yes. Yes. So Mr. Juicy has a wheel and yeah. a, a cup, I think a couple, a couple yeah, of wheels so, yeah. and even a scratch yeah. off. Yeah. So um, what that means, or oh, go ahead and explain. Well, I was just going to say it, what's cool about it is on this wheel, you can, um, win something, you know, as your, you know, something fun, but it's cool because you get to try new things on the menu. Like for example, the key lime pie dessert and the Belgian um, chocolate cookie dessert and, you know, things like that, that, um, I mean, you're going to want to try anyway, because you can't help it. But I mean, when you try some of these desserts, you're just like, wow, I mean, blown away. And then the fries as well. So there's a lot of different things on there. So it's kind of fun because you can, you know, go in and give them a try, but then try something that maybe you wouldn't have tried before or try something new and then yeah yeah we're really excited we have a to be new a part of that. it's uh <laughs> i think it's such a great idea and the reception you guys have had i've kind of followed it along on facebook it's it's, it's been exceptional a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah yeah people are going crazy over it and and it's it's a great option you're going to go eat anyway yeah. and we want you to go eat Why at local restaurants free, so get right? something free yeah and go to local restaurants yeah. i mean you know there's so many amazing cuisines here in san antonio it's just an explosion of talent you know, why not go local? And yeah. Try, you know? yeah. Yeah. So one of the things you're giving away is the Dole Whip. And I've seen that a couple of places. I don't, I haven't had it. Oh, I don't really funny. understand what it is. What is that? Dole Whip is a uh, pineapple soft serve that was popularized at the, at Disneyland and Disney World. Ah. And it's got a cult-like following. Mm -hmm. um, my children had it when we were in Hawaii and they fell in love with it. And I was like, man, we'd be crazy not to offer this. As you mentioned, there are one or two other places in town that sell it. Um, but people are just, you know, immediately when we advertised that we had it, people went nuts. And yeah. then uh, we also have had a lot of people that have never had it that have come in just out of curiosity. And now they're there once once or twice a week. They are yum. They are so good. You've had it? So good. <laughs> yes. And you didn't bring me one. I didn't, but they're yummy. All right. You don't have to come by yourself. Yeah, you when we get through here, I know where I'm <laughs> going. Right. It's the kind of thing that doesn't travel well. No, exactly. That's right. Oh, I guess in the middle of summer in San Antonio. Right. Yeah. 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 And the other thing, too, is the key lime. If you haven't had the key lime pie, oh, my gosh. I was blown away. I, and, and, again, you know, you're, you know, you're going into a burger joint. And, you know, so... And, you know, you, you are, of course, if you know and if you understand, you're in, you know, Andrew Weissman's burger joint so it's you know, you, know you, kinda, you, you know if you know that then you you already know it's but i mean he, he so the last time we were there we got a key lime pie and i mean oh my gosh you know little pieces of, of lime bits in there when you take a bite and you know homemade um, graham cracker crust on the bottom and the, 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 the origin of flavor, that oh is gosh. um from sandbar and i always love dragging some of the dna from other restaurants into the next iteration mm-hmm um, so that was one of the ones that survived and came with us. And it's kind of taken on this little 
uh, momentum of its own, if you will. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, and then also your the shakes. I, I tried the shake for the first time the last time too, because um, a lot of the shakes are house made. And so, um, yeah, again, you need, sh- you need to go get a shake. You're making me hungry. <laughs> so good. Yeah. So you made the key lime pie at, at Sandbar? And we did, yeah. Are you making them in the, in Mr. Juicy? We make everything in Mr. Juicy. Wow. It's a small little kitchen. It is. And uh, <laughs> our, our aspiration is to have more than one location. And if we do, we'll eventually have a um, production facility. Oh, nice. Okay, I live close to Boulevardy Road in 1604, so if you want to put one yeah, find there. Find place. Right. I, if you can find it. The drive-thru has become the unicorn of the restaurant world now. With COVID and everything that happened, sure. everybody wanted a drive-thru, so they mm-hmm. wouldn't have to have guests um, not showing up because they were scared of interacting with other people. Sure. So uh, drive throughs have been very, very difficult. Second-generation drive throughs have been difficult to find. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, I mean... do. Your, your plan is to have a bunch of Mr. Juicy's or just a couple of more? You I'd know? like to, but um, at the same time, I'm happy with what I have. You know, I don't want to always be having that feeling like I need something more. I need something more. If it presents itself, um, I'm going to grab the opportunity. But if not, it's not a huge deal. So mm-hmm. if it, so basically, if, it, if, if it's something that is supposed to be, it'll be. Right. Yeah. Which kind I think of, is awesome. I'll let it go organically. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well. I mean, I have a few, I think a few more Mr. Juicy's around town would be nice. I would so. love it. And then I could maybe sell them and be done yeah. with this crazy There business. you go. That concept yeah. was, you know, it's been perfected. And yeah. The, the thing is about the restaurant business is it's, it not only is it addictive, it's a sickness. You know, you try to, you say, this is it. That's all I'm going to do. Yeah. But for some reason, something else pops up and you're like, oh my God, I got to take that opportunity. Sure, sure. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, Susie, I think we're about out of time, aren't we? Yeah, we, this was so cool. Yeah, thank you all for having me. Oh this was gosh. great. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah thank you so much. And uh, I know that before long, I'll be at Mr. Juicy. I got to, well, so. I need I need another burger. I eat, And Beverly wants some more of those chicken tenders. Oh she, she oh, when we first heard about those, we made a special yeah, trip over there. Yeah, it's good to see you all. <laughs> and uh, so uh, now, but now I got to go try the uh, Dole Whip and a key lime pie. So thank you so much for being here. We oh, are very thankful. Oh, and, yes, Susie. And really quickly, before we before we leave, just so you know, um, so SA Monthly Magazine and San Antonio Restaurants teamed up to pick our very, very favorite burger, and Mr. Juicy was hands down our oh, choice. Wow, that's so awesome. that's um, I just want to let everyone know, check out SA Monthly. And, um, yeah, it's in the brand new SA Monthly Magazine. Yeah, it just came out today, so anyway, yes. you'll see. Oh, great. Awesome. Yeah. All right, well... We appreciate everyone that listened in today, and we will have future podcasts coming up. We expect to have uh, a couple of months, maybe four a month. We'll see how it goes, but we're having fun so far. So again, thank you for being here, Susie. Thanks for joining me today. And Andrew Weissman, thank you very much. Thank you very much. Good luck, guys. Thanks. Thank you so much.